it's time to look at the waiver wire for fantasy basketball, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I got to meet Emmanuel the Emu. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account and use the code Locked On to get $20 off your first purchase. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. So you a double banger? You should be. Watch the video. Listen to the audio. Listen to the audio. Watch the video. Thumbs up. Subscribe. Bells. Comments. It's a great way of starting off your 2024. And it's a great way of helping out this show. We're here to talk waiver wire. Just a quick couple of things there. I haven't met Emmanuel the Emu. Also, it's pronounced Emu, not Emu. Yeah. Let's fight about it. In the comments, you want to drop something in the comments, help the algorithm, tell me how, how you pronounce it, uh, Emu, and you're incorrect. It's Emu. Emmanuel, what a legend. Anyway, we are here to look at the waiver wire for fantasy basketball here. We're about to start week 12 in the NBA season. So let's go through and look at the things that we need to look at. And we will start, of course, by looking at some must-roster players. What are we looking at? What's my criteria here? I'm looking at the next couple of weeks, looking at guys who are available in over 35% of leagues, according to Yahoo. Um, yes, some of that 35% are dead leagues. I'm aware of this. We have a different uh, advanced roster percentage metric at Basketball Monster, which is really useful. And some people say, well, just only you can only go by that, Josh. And I'll... I'll, I'll I addressed that guy personally, but a couple of people said it, but I'll say it now, is that that advanced roster percentage metric on Basketball Monster is, it's useful, right? I, I find it really good for the leagues that are you're more serious about fantasy basketball, the ones with um, you're more, more probably, I don't know what the right word is, but anyway, what I'm saying is that we source that data from people who are members at Basketball Monster. So if someone is 100% rostered on the advanced roster percentage metric, a lot of it is they're looking at my projections or they're very invested into fantasy basketball, so they know that Derek Lively needs to be rostered, who is the first name. Uh, first name up on this list. But, like, does that, that... That doesn't account for everybody. I don't even know if I pushed this graphic up. I made the effort to make it. Someone put it up. Um, that's not everybody. There's 35% of other leagues out there. Not everyone is a Basketball Monster member and subscriber. And the fact that I know that he's not rostered in 35% of leagues, and I know it's not dead leagues, I still get questions about these sort of players. Hey, like one of the names on this list here, Jalen Suggs, someone just literally asked me a question as I was hitting record. Do I add Jalen Suggs in a 12-team league? So we can say, well, those are all dead leagues or tackle. It doesn't matter, right? Because we've got to cater to as many people as possible. And part of the goal of this show is A, entertainment, B, help you in your fantasy league if you've been playing for 10 years or for two minutes, but to improve the level of skill of managers to improve the popularity of fantasy basketball and just saying, well, you guys in these leagues, you don't, you don't even count. Uh, we're not going to give you any help at all. It doesn't help anyone. It doesn't. So we've got to try and cover all broad spectrums of things. So yes, in our advanced roster percentage metric, Derek Lively is 100% rostered. On Yahoo's number is 65. And I reckon there's about 18 to 20% of leagues that are pretty inactive on Yahoo. But that still leaves, what, eight to 18 to 20% again of leagues 
um, where Derek Lively is just sitting on the waiver wire and he shouldn't in category leagues. I hope that gives some clarity as to what I do. I hope. Um, I think Alex Crusoe still is a must roster player. I know Zach Levine is back, but Crusoe is one of their best three players and he'll probably play 26 to 28 a night. And that's really all he needs. I don't know whether he'll start or not. We'll find that out tomorrow. Um, but he's still a very, very worthwhile player and you should have him for now. And the same goes with Brandon Pajemski. We're probably not going to have Draymond Green back this week as he gets back into game shape because, you know, I guess he could have been working out while he was undergoing his counseling to fix his his um, mental health issues, but he didn't. So he's not going to play this week. Chris Paul is out. By the way, for Chris Paul, he's not going to be mentioned on this show apart from now. Yes, you, unless always the blanket. You have open IL slots, then you just hold him. That's that should be an easy an easy answer. Otherwise, you jack off Chris Paul. Get that garbage out of here. There's no point holding on to him, who was a fringe guy anyway, for five to six weeks. He moves. You, you move. Get, get rid of him. Um, but that helps Pajemski tons. I don't know what will happen when Draymond comes back. What happens to Kaminga, Jackson Davis? What happens to Pajemski? I don't know. And at the, at the moment, I honestly don't care. We're trying to like, look at more... Like There is some long-term value. And I, I do really value what Pajemski does long-term. But he's just got to be rostered now. Grayson Allen, this one's been all season. People are starting to catch on. His numbers are going up slightly. I think at two weeks, he was like 38%. I think he's at like 60 or 57 or something. He still needs to be rostered literally every category league. Every one of them. Jalen Suggs as well. Suggs has had some really big improvements in his shooting this season. He is very important to that team. And also, they're still dealing with whatever's going on with Markel Fultz's knee. Gary Harris is out. Franz Wagner is out. No excuse not to have Jalen Suggs in a 12. The last guy on the list is Aaron Neesmith. I'm a little still up in the air on Neesmith because he just does things like, oh, well, 26 minutes isn't enough. And then he shoots 50% from three and has two steals. And I go, okay, well, that is worth it. And he's been doing that continuously. I'm not really convinced that it is going to hold for the rest of the season. But for now, you just grab him and you use him. And then if it does revert back later, it reverts back later. And I think we've just got to, got to move more into the bit of that mindset around this time of year as well as we... Uh, Begin the playoffs soonish. The uh, Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl, uh, Locked Sorry, Locked On Fantasy Basketball FBI World Cup playoffs or the second round, phase two starts next week. So yeah, we're we're getting into those different sort of um different sort of thought processes coming up pretty soon. In terms of points league guys, who I think you should be adding a lot of the names are similar. Derek Lively, I do think still is a points league must. Pajemski, I'm gonna throw John Kaminga in there. I do believe we still want to roster him in categories as well, but for points leagues, it's really a no-brainer. The 36 minutes that he got last game, I, I do think there's a little bit of a piss take in that from Steve Kerr. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know, but it is undeniable that he's playing better than Andrew Wiggins. Is you could actually argue whether he's playing equivalently to how um, uh, Clay Thompson's been playing as well. He's been solid enough, and I think you just want to roster him, and again, we'll figure this stuff out when Draymond returns, because ostensibly, he is in Draymond Green's position. He's starting at power forward, and what could they do? Play Draymond full-time at center, which would then hurt Jackson Davis? Maybe, but we don't know, so we just roll with Kaminga. Denny Avdia, the Wizards remain really impossible to figure out. Avdia's game log looks pretty good, like three of his last four games, 30-plus minutes, big numbers, and you go, great. And then like the three before that, it was like 20, 21, 22 in games that weren't blowouts when everyone else was getting 30 minutes. So I don't know how to judge that. But for now, in, in points leagues especially, because he does have some percentage issues issues for categories, yeah, Avdi is worth having. Scooter Henderson, I think we grab him everywhere. His value is more pronounced in a points league because you don't get the hits to the percentages uh, as negatively. 
in that sort of a format. Um, and we are seeing Scoot continue to start over Shaden Sharp and Malcolm Brogdon. We're seeing them give all the minutes to Scoot even in blowouts. They don't sit him down. And this team is bad. They are going to have a lot of blowouts. So there is no reason to me that you should leave Scoot on the wire. We talk about rookie point guards a lot and it takes time to get there. But sometimes when it clicks, it clicks and it clicks well. And... I think we're there. And then Suggs is there on that list as well, which isn't too much of a surprise. I just talked about his value and how well he's been playing recently. Today's episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. Buying tickets to your next event, why should that be stressful? It should be fun because that is fun. Entertainment is fun. Sports, comedy, theater, musicals, whatever it is, Game Time has those tickets to the events in your local area with killer last minute deals, all in pricing, views from your seat. They've also got the best price guarantee as well, which is if you find the seat or find that ticket for a seat in the same row um, at a cheaper price, they'll refund you. What is the exact thing they do? That'd be great to know. Game time credits you 110% of the difference. Great. They've also got exclusive flash deals, sponsored deals as well, tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And they've got tickets that are available right up to the start of the event. Sometimes even after the event has started, they'll chuck a sneaky cheap one in there just to get you in even after the stuff has started. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app and create an account. Use the code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay, let's go into the next part of the uh, of the show. So we've looked at the must roster players. Let's look at some guys Get who that you can consider here. as droppable. You do not have to drop these players. You can consider dropping it if you need the roster spot. This is for category leagues to start things off here. Um, I am going to go with Bob Portis. We saw that little surge about two or three weeks ago. He was playing 26 a night, and he looked like a must roster player. But the other 11 weeks of the season or eight weeks of the season, he hasn't been. And they're marginalizing him again down to like 20 minutes a night. And that's not worth it. Now, I will throw a gigantic caveat on him and also Leaky Beasley, who's probably in this group as well. They are the only team in week 12 to play four quality games, the Bucks, And they're the only team that has a weekend back-to-back Saturday, Sunday. So there is some slight value in holding on to Bobby Portis and holding on to Leaky Beasley for this week ahead because of the four quality games, because of the weekend back-to-back. But if we're looking at it as a totality, is this guy actually worth a 12-team roster spot? The answer is no. They are absolutely in the droppable stage, but that puts them into the streaming stage. And it is a positive streaming week for those players this week. I know that might be a little bit confusing. Josh, you're saying to drop Portis. I'm not. I'm saying that he's absolutely droppable, but he is in a streaming position this week. So maybe that's worth a hold depending on how your team looks, your matchup looks, how your schedule looks, all of that sort of stuff. I've got Cam Thomas on this list. It is absolutely inevitable that Cameron Thomas is going to have a stretch of games where he goes at 28 points at 64% true shooting. That is going to happen... I've got no question about that. What I do question is whether Cam Thomas will ever be a guy that involves other people in the game more, that he's a positive winning player, um, and does it consistently. Because I, I don't believe in that. The other thing to chuck onto it is they obviously play one game this week. So I don't think that there's any worth in holding onto Cam Thomas through a one game week, through in different performances, where he's coming off the bench and playing limited minutes. Now, maybe they make trades and he's elevated into this larger role. I don't know. But I just know that at this point, it doesn't feel worth it to me to be holding on to Cam Thomas. Rowan Barrett, we're just going to keep running with this until his roster percentage drops under 65. I'm going to keep telling you he's not a 12-team category league guy. The Baptist John Collins was actually pretty good yesterday, and they continue to start him, but I don't really care that much. 
He's very much in that Bobby Port as well. He's on my wire. I'll stream him in and use him. But I absolutely don't need to be just plastered onto my roster and stuck there as a key piece of it. I think his upside is relatively low. I think there's a risk of him being traded or marginalized later in the season. I just don't like that. I've got Malcolm Brogdon here. We'll find out. The Blazers play today on Sunday. But his last two games, he's played 16 minutes off the bench. But that's clearly not worth it. It's clearly not worth it. So could you hold on to Brogdon waiting for an injury? Sure, that's a, usually a losing proposition. Because he's not even like playing 26 off the bench, waiting for you, know, which gives you, you know, if he played 26 off the bench, he would give you like the 120th best value. Then someone gets hurt and he plays 35 and he's 70th. That's that's worth it. You play 16 and you're the 250th best player. It's completely not worth it. Plus injury risk, trade risk, fake injury, shutdown risk. It's all there. There is no reason in my mind, unless you are just absolutely flying larger bench, you don't need Brogdon in a 12-teamer. And the last one we'll keep doing is Russ Westbrook. Much like Barrett, he's just going to continue to be on this list. He's streamable on the right situation. If Kawhi is hurt, no problem. But you do not need to be holding onto Russell Westbrook in 12-team category leagues. You just don't. For points leagues, I've only got four names on the list. I'm not going to just throw out names willy-nilly. These are guys who are over 65% rostered, who I don't really think are going to be consistent top 140 producers. John Collins, Malcolm Brogdon, Bobby Portis. But we're going to throw Buddy Heald in there as well. Now, I am going to say that Buddy Heald's probably droppable in a 12-team category as well, especially in a 10-team as well, also. But the the thing that's frustrating to say this about Heald is that then yesterday, with Nembhard and Brown out, Heald started, played 30 minutes, and went off. I mean, oh, okay, cool. But he'd played like 14 minutes the game prior. Their rotation's really hard to figure out. And if Brown and Nembhard are going to be in the rotation, I don't think that Heald is going to start or play 30 minutes. But it is hard to say you should drop this guy after he yeah, had that huge performance, yeah, relatively huge performance yesterday. That is a hard thing to do. And I understand if you don't want to do it after that sort of game. That is complete, like that's human nature. Why would I drop him after he just went off? But what I'm doing is giving you just a heads up that it probably doesn't hold. And if he stinks to the next one, you might, you'd, you'd, you'd move on. Or more to the point, if someone did move on, I wouldn't rush to go and grab him. But there are four names there that I think are, are dropable. Like I would have someone like an an. an Ugh, try again. I would have someone like An Anyeka Okongwu on there, but his roster percentage is already at like 61%. Anyway, he is not a points league hold at this point in the um at this point in the season. Today's episode is brought to you by Fan Jewel Sportsbook. The NFL regular season has wrapped up or is in the process of wrapping up, but there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed with a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. You put whatever bet you want on, as long as it's 5 bucks, and you just get $150 bonus bets. They just chuck it straight into your account. How easy is that? So many different bet types. The app is super easy to use, and they've got something that are called parlays. Live, same-game parlays. They've got new bets that you can find in the Explore tab. Plus... There's the Parlay Hub. Go and make a Parlay. The best way to find popular Parlays. It's all there. You know what a Parlay is? It's just multiple things. Different things. Um, you know, individual player props. Put them together. Uh, futures mixed together. Sometimes. Not always. But you can find Parlays that other people have created in the Parlay Hub. Or you can just make your own. Put it in there. And see how you go. Fanduel.com slash locked on is the website. And you can go there to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL, and don't forget to gamble responsibly. Okay, so 
let's go and have a look now through the most added players over the last like 48 hours or so in fantasy and quite a few names that are very interesting here. Norman Powell has been put up 30%. Seems a lot. Some of that is just streaming value. I wouldn't be looking at Powell as an absolute must roster, but the Clippers are the only team with a Sunday-Monday back-to-back, so that's largely part of it. The second name is the one we pay more attention to here, and that is Trey Jones. Now, Greg Popovich said something rather cryptic today that Trey Jones is their best option to start at point guard for today or something like that. It's been very obvious he's their only point guard on the roster, apart from Devontae Graham, who's apparently dead. It's obvious they were trying other things. But as we said about three weeks ago, two weeks ago, that there is going to be a period of time coming up here where Trey Jones is going to get a start. I don't know that he holds on to it all season. I've got no idea, but it doesn't matter. You just grab him and we go from here. Now, his upside is not particularly high. He's not a very good shooter. He's a low scorer, but he can get assists. He can sometimes generate steals. And just finding that sort of a player, maybe a top 100 guy on the waiver wire is a very, very good move. It's taken 11 weeks to get here, but we are here. So if he is still available in your league, Trey Jones is the guy we add. Mo Wagner has been added a lot because there was absences with Goga Badadze and Wendell Carter. Um, that's like just an emergency stream type scenario. So don't get too in, enamored with that. Dennis Smith Jr., one of the highest ads. I guess that's just for today because they play one game next week. So we're not going to get yeah, massively excited in, into that one. Um he put up a real monster last game. That is, there's a little bit of chasing in there as he, him being the most added player on Yahoo. There's a little bit of chasing involved in that, but he's still an okay option. Karis Levert, also that's a stream for today. Um, a lot of people added him, which is fine, but with a one game week next week, I don't think we hold. And the other one is Dwap Wreath with DeAndre Ayton out. It looks like Ayton will continue to be out through next week. There is um, Moses Brown and Ibu Baji in that group as well. Wreath is the better option there, and he's okay to have a look at in terms of a stream guy. I wouldn't be 100% prioritizing him, but that absence of Aiton does allow him at least somewhat to be used. He's also a sort of decently high usage player who can score some occasional uh, buckets. I hate saying buckets. I don't know why I'm such an anti-buckets word person. That's horrible phrasing. Who are the most dropped players in fantasy basketball? That's a really good question, Josh. So what is the answer? The the answer is, as you would probably um, not be surprised, the big avocado up the top, Andre Drummond, down 23%. Vooch should be back starting in the next one. He is listed probable, but he should be back starting. I would be... I, I get it. I get moving on from Drummond. I understand that, especially with a stream in someone on a Sunday to try and win your week. I get it. I would be not cautious. I'd be... I wouldn't have pulled the trigger absolutely immediately. First game back, they split minutes. That was largely just ramping up Vooch. And Vooch is a much better player than Drummond. Let's not get that twisted. But Vooch isn't great himself. And there are some arguments you could make that with Levine and DeRozan there, having Drummond next to them in the starting group maybe makes more sense. Don't know. I don't think Donovan's going to do that. And I am, as a general rule, I would be just fine with dropping Drummond. But... I'd also just like to see what happens. The fact that Vooch has popped back up on the injury report as probable makes me go, hmm, did did an injury that takes two weeks to recover from, did he maybe come back too early within a week? Who's to say? Apart from science, who's to say? And now popped up back up as probable? I'm just, yeah. I, I think it's like a 2% chance. I'm just, mm, I'm just something on it. Just something. Um, Pat Williams, oh, look, that's that's okay. His upside is not super high anyway. He'd been playing okay, but someone is going to lose out here. I don't love him as a player, even though some people think I do. <sighs> I don't. Uh, you can move on. Leaky Beasley, one of the most dropped players. We talked about him 
um, already about the schedule for for Bobby Portis and the Bucks. On a look, he was replaced as a starter by Andre Jackson last game in the second half. He's a points and three streamer only, but the four games gives you a little bit of pause. Then in Yahoo, the top three most dropped players: Bilal Kulabali down almost six thousand. That was people chasing that big game before. Then he got good minutes and did nothing. I, I am not 100% sure he's going to be this top 100 silly season sort of a player. I do like what he does. He's very young. He's got real potential fantasy stud uh, ceiling. I'm just not sure. I wouldn't hold him. Simone Fontecchio, this is what I said about him. Where he had that little two-game, three-game stretch where he played well. And I said, add him by all means, but this is not going to hold. I don't think he's going to stick at this level. He hasn't stuck at that level, even though he continues to start. He is a streamer who's more suited to 14-teamers, so that's fine to drop him. And then Timothy John McConnell. You stream him as a desperation assists type scenario, but if Nempard is there, he might play literally zero minutes. He's out. He has been out of the rotation as their 11th guy for most of the season. And when someone gets hurt, he steps in. He has six assists in 18 minutes, and then he moves back out. So he's one of those guys that you can put on and off rosters and feel okay about if you need to deploy him. Let's look at the hot players across the NBA. Um, Shout out to, again, Ricky Rubio for his uh, retirement. We hope that Ricky is okay and he's able to get uh, whatever help he needs and get back into a happier place in his life. Just a shame that we never always got to see the best of Ricky Rubio in the NBA because of you know injuries and game style and all that sort of stuff. He was super fun to watch. Always one of my favorite players. Um, let's look at the hot players. These are guys who are top 100 guys over the last week. Gogo Badadze, he is starting over Wendell Carter. He's been... The advanced metrics, look at his defensive like EPM. I think he's like top 20 in the league or top 10 in the league or something. It's, it's crazy, whatever it is. At the moment, he's dealing with an illness. Wendell's got a knee problem. But as a low volume, like think of a worse clinker power, Goga's actually putting in numbers which are okay in 12-teamers. In fact, I think he's top 30 over the last week. He's one of those players that in the draft, I hated the fact that he fell that much. I think I had him in the lottery in his draft. And then I hated that he went to Indiana because they already had um, Sabonis and Tournament. This is ridiculous, but take the talent there. It's taken, is his fourth year? Yeah, if this is his fourth year, it's taken time to get here, but he's starting to show those things that I liked for him coming into the draft. I still think that Wendell probably end up, ends up playing more minutes than him, but Goga's playing well, and he's worth it. The next one is Alec Burks, who they're giving minutes to over Jaden Ivey. He's a points and threes guy who can get red hot and ice cold. And while he's hot, you can use him for those numbers, but he's into that Norman Powell, Leaky Beasley, Tim Hardaway um, group of players as points and three streamers. That's about it. Simona Fontecchio has been top 100 over the last week, but as we've seen, everyone's dropping him because things are starting to come back down. He doubled his steal rate. He was shooting like eight, nine percentage points above reality, and that's all fallen off in that last game, so that's fine. Lou Dort, yep, Lou Dort is playing better. I'm still not convinced that you need to roster him, but he's absolutely, he's going to be in that stream territory for most of the season. And I have significant doubts that he's going to ever remain consistent. But yeah, look, he has been good over this time period. And then two guys that we talked about as some of the most added players, Norman Powell and Dennis Smith. A couple of really good games from them. They're playing on Sunday. You hold Powell through Monday. Smith, you drop because they play one game during the week, but they're always going to be names who are on that streaming list. Smith, especially until Simmons returns. And then it gets a little bit more squishy um, for him over there. Let's look at some injury replacement guys. Some of the other guys we've already mentioned are injury replacements. You're gonna, guys are going to be pretty happy to know that I'm not talking about Isaiah Hartenstein, the stubby anymore. Not because he's not good, because he obviously very much is, but he's been grabbed in the majority of spots now. So if he's still available, just a quick note, if Hartenstein's still available in your league, what are you doing? Please go and add him. 
Um, all right, so who are some injury replacement type options here? Cole Anthony, I think he's, look, he was starting to struggle, but now Gary Harris is out. Marco Fultz is still Marco Fultzing. Anthony is battling with like Black and Trevor and Queen. He, and with Wagner out, he has to take on more of a creation responsibility. So yeah, he's a very obvious ad. Trace Jackson Davis, as long as Draymond is out, I'm still going to go for that. I do think he's probably more at risk than a Kaminga and a Pajemski of losing value when Draymond eventually returns. I still like him. I think he's better than uh, Looney, and he's probably similar to Sharic, but I think that he might get a little bit just squished down from 25 minutes down to 19, and that probably won't be enough. But for now, while Draymond is out, which is probably going to be most of this week, we roll with Trace. Big Dick Nick, no idea when Mark Williams is coming back. Absolutely none. But we just keep going with Nick Richards. I've got Kevin Knox in there, and that might seem stupid because it is, but Isaiah Stewart remains out with... I don't honestly, what's he? Is he shoulder or his toe this time? I don't know because I don't care. But Kevin Knox is starting. He's actually put up some okay numbers. I don't know. Or has he? Oh no, sorry. They've they've been going back and forth between him and Isaiah Livers. Um, but Knox is by far the better player. Which is again, I can't. He's a, by far the better player than Isaiah Livers, who literally might be the worst player in the NBA at the moment. Knox is at least providing some stream numbers while Isaiah Stewart is out. Cody Martin, I've got on this list with no um, Gordon Haywood, with no LaMelo Ball, with Brandon Miller sort of in and out with injury, although he's okay now. Martin is a Steve Clifford favorite, very obviously. He gives a pretty strong steals option, and his minutes are bumped up. He's probably more a 14-team league guy, but there is increased value in him at the moment. And then the other one is just for those deeper, deeper leagues, with Zach Collins out, Dominic Barlow has gotten the bulk of the backup center minutes behind Weminyama. There's going to be a back-to-back coming up, I think, at the end of this week or start of next week for the Spurs. And Barlow, I don't know if he gets a start or they start Mamu. It'll be one of those two, but they get their big minutes. So if you're in a deeper league, Barlow is actually a pretty good stat stuffer. And he has importance getting those 15, 16 minutes a night, maybe even more. Sometimes they'll split him and Mamu together, but Barlow seems to be the guy that's got that edge over Mama Kalashvili. And I think he's he's done okay most of the time he's uh, been out there. Lastly, let's just run through six other names to end this show. The do need talking about for various reasons. We are going to talk about Keontae George. Now, Keontae George's minutes have come down, which is really frustrating. His assist rate has also dropped, which is also frustrating. So he does look like a drop, and I get that. I think I probably... I don't know if I dropped him in one of my leagues. I think I did. All right. I Actually, I definitely did. I dropped him in industry pickup. Um, but part of the issue with with him is that people say, well, he just kills me. He kills my percentages, right? Which I, I get it was true. But because the minutes have dropped, what has been under under-realized is that over the last 10 games, he's gone from 41% from two up to 48% from two. He's gone from 31% from three, up to 38% from three across 10 games. That's really good. The, actually, the 48% from two, it's good for a rookie point guard. You want them usually at 50-51, but there are plenty of players who roll at 58, oh sorry, 47-48 from two. But now he's hitting his threes. The problem is, is the six-minute drop in playing time and the 25% drop in assist rate hurts. But if he does push back into that starting role ahead of Chris Dunn, gets his 30 minutes then he does move back into that conversation. So just, I'm more highlighting George here just to say that the shooting issues, not going to say they're fixed, but it is an under-radar thing that they've improved significantly. I'll throw Cam Whitmore's name on here. As long as Dylan Brooks is out and Tari Eason is dealing with his leg issue, Whitmore looks great. Whitmore, I tweeted this out yesterday. I said, have we ever, ever really heard why 
he slid as far as he did in the draft, like officially. Um, and this is what I this is what I heard this is what I heard about it. Um, that there were concerns about his knee. That would be something that might crop up in like eight years or so. So a longevity problem with a degenerative sort of knee issue. That was one of them. And the other was that his coach trashed him. Just said, you know, this coach hated him. He said he was disruptive on the team. That is what I heard. But part of the reason that the Rockets were able to cut through this is they had someone with connections on their uh, on their coaching staff, Ed Pinkney, Villanova guy, who said, that's garbage. We're just going to take him. He looks great. He looks fantastic. He looked pretty good in summer league as well. Obviously, that was a lot when those other guys are out. But there's an opportunity here for Whitmore. I don't think that Whitmore is going to be a 12-team league guy this season. He's at least moving into like a 16-team stream guy while these players are out. But it shouldn't be hard eventually to take over from Jay Sean Tate. And let me throw this out there as a hot take that the audio people can come and comment on. Cam Whitmore, I think, is a better prospect for this team than Jalen Green. Can he fit on this team? Sure. Like, if they just decide that Whitmore is better than Green, then Brooks plays the two, Whitmore plays the three, done. That's the easiest path for minutes. I know we all love Tari Eason, but Whitmore's a way better prospect than Tari Eason. He's also like four years younger or three years younger. So this is more for longer-term thinking, just something to be aware of, that I do think that Whitmore is a better prospect than Jalen Green at this point. That could turn out completely false, but it's just something to watch. Benedict Matherin's a name I chuck on this list because... Um, he had some really good scoring games. We've seen him do this about four times this season, and then he goes back to doing nothing. In large part, again, there were two guards out in Empire and Brown, and he stepped up. He's okay to he's completely okay to roster Ben Matherin if you're looking for points with some free throw percentage, even though he struggled in that category yesterday. But I wouldn't absolutely wouldn't consider him a must roster player at all. He's fine for certain builds, but that is about it. Got Larry Nance on there, who is absolutely a 14-team league grab. He's probably got some 12-team value. The minute split with Valanchunas is really interesting. He's not going to be for everybody. He's a punt point sort of a guy who gives you rebound steals and blocks and field goal percentage, but that's valuable. So he's on our list of guys to monitor and maybe add in the right scenario. I'll look at those last two names there and I'll just talk about them quickly. They both play for Atlanta. One of them is Sadiq Bay. While John Ray Hunter's out, Sadiq Bay is fine to roster. He's also fine not to roster, but I'm also going to chuck Kobe Bufkin in there. You'd be like, Josh, what, what on earth are you talking about with Kobe Bufkin? Kobe Bufkin, like, the man hasn't played. Why would he possibly be a fantasy option for us? Well, you're hearing a lot of whispers about this Atlanta Hawks team. You're hearing that, and if you're not hearing, this is what is happening, that they are making everybody available for trade, that it's not Trey Young and Jalen Johnson. There is almost, it's not a guarantee, but there is almost a guarantee that DeJounte Murray is gone off this team. They would like to move off of Bogdan Bogdanovich's contract for as good as he's been as well. Um, they could move Clinker Pallor also. All this stuff could happen. Sadiq Bay, DeAndre Hunter, they don't care whether these guys are there or not. And Kobe Bufkin, who's struggled in summer league, but he's played five G League games. He's averaging 26 points. He's shooting 35% from three on almost nine attempts per game. He's averaging five assists, six rebounds with a steal and almost a block. Now, this is the, it's the G League, right? Okay, that's fine. But they're really good numbers. And if DeJounte is gone, and if they move on from Bogdan Bogdanovich, is there a March starting job for Kobe Bufkin next to Trey Young? Probably not. Probably not. But this is probably like, I don't think I've ever mentioned his name all season. But he's back from the thumb issue. He's playing really well in the G League. And there's a Murray, Bogdanovich, Hunter, maybe trade happening. They're trying to reset and rebuild around Trey. And Bufkin might be that. 
just just a name to remember when we get to March. It's him, Jabari Walker, Taylor Hendricks, maybe Bryce Sensible, who knows? Just just a name to remember. And that brings us to the end of today's show. You know what you want to do? You want to be a double banger. You want to listen to the audio and you want to watch the video. And if you are here on the video side, hit the subscribe button, Anita Ward, me, ring my bell, thumb it up, and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.